you got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry. Pulse Welcome to, their to industry. Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The League presents Electric People. We've got an exciting new up-and-coming guest with us today. He is Breno DeLima from our Boston Central office. Breno started with us in October of 2018, promptly went on like a four-month vacation to Brazil, Ty. It's what you want to see in all your new reps. Good when start. They first start. start. <laughs> Good start. He's like, yeah, I'll take this new job. And FYI, I'll be gone for a quarter. Um, and uh, so he really didn't get started he he really didn't get started until like March of 2019, right, Breno? I mean, that's kind of when you really got going. Um, um, when he got back from Brazil, April, actually. late April. Late April. So he got a little bit of a jump uh, before the trip. Then he leaves for a couple months. Comes back late April of 2019, and Ty, get this, still ended as the top earning sales rep in new england in 2019 so it sounds like uh, it sounds like before you left you had a checklist it's like i gotta pack my bags get a job then leave (laughs) got the job cool i mean (laughs) something like that i only had one install before i left to brazil then ended up finishing the year with 53 and i hadn't really made any money not bad man yeah not bad that's great basically 50 essentially you got 53 installs in like two and a half quarters. Um, and uh, one thing about Breno, he's Brazilian. There's a huge contingency of Brazilian sales reps in the Boston Central office. And Breno is kind of the, the uh, uh, I don't know how you'd say it. He's the, he's the, I don't know, Breno, the, the ringleader of all the Brazilian guys down there outside of the DMs, of course. Uh, I guess you could say that. At least with production anyway. But, um, so Breno absolutely crushes it. He's one of the most intense, hardworking sales reps that we have in New England. This year, in 2020, he again is the top earning sales rep in New England for the second consecutive year by a long shot. And uh, just someone I've been really, really impressed with. He's hit franchise in third quarter. You just had, what, your 28th install go in? uh today or yesterday breno uh 28 today and i'll have my 29th going in right now 29th going in right now so um so one thing ty that breno is kind of known for is he came from a non-traditional door-to-door industry he has his master's uh he has his mba and was working at fidelity and was friends with one of our dms in the boston central office and was eventually recruited so Uh, He came from the financial industry into the solar industry. And I just think he has a really interesting story. And, uh, you know, obviously, aside from his personal performance that he's had the last, you know, year and a half, really want to get into what makes Breno tick and why he thinks he's been so successful at the job. And, and we can hopefully pass that on to some of our sales reps. So, so why don't we just start there, Breno? Like, what was the transition like for you coming from the finance world into the door to door solar world? I would have to say that it was extremely tough going from like uh, cold calling to meeting with customers and 
door knocking. Like I didn't even know what I was doing. It's a different environment. Uh, coming to someone's house unannounced and you're trying to sell them solar. I honestly didn't know what I had gotten myself into. The first week I was like, what am I doing here? I was working in Quincy, which is uh, a little south of Boston. And I didn't, wasn't really doing well. Then I got in touch with the DMs and I asked them to give me a different turf. And uh, that's when I started in Canton. And once I got to Canton, I got comfortable with the with the target audience, with the demographics. I was being, I was able to relate back to customers, and that's when it clicked. I got the hang of it. I was working the hours religiously, and I was really enjoying life. And I remember my very first welcome call. I asked Felipe and Tiago, those are the guys that I've known for like over 10 years that they actually recruited me. They couldn't make it to the welcome call. And I ended up closing that on my own. There was no rejection on the paperwork and he went to install and it was magnificent. And I still remember to this day, uh, my very first install. So it's been quite a ride, but uh, it was tough at first. Uh, but it's all about uh, focusing on working the hours and just taking the job for what it is. And that's something that I've heard from Don Gomez, the goat himself. Breno, something that Felipe, I was talking to your manager, Felipe Barros about you earlier today. And he mentioned that um, when you and him were little, you guys used to basically go ask people for money on the at the grocery stores or something like that. Like, what? Tell us about this story. Um, and and part of the reason why I bring this up is you have a relentless work ethic. I think you're one of the hardest workers we have in New England. But you know, tell us this story. But then more importantly, kind of share with us your background and where you think that work ethic comes from. Um, it was it was rough, honestly. Yeah, we actually asked people for money uh, by the by the tea station East Boston. That's where Felipe grew up, and I got kicked kicked out of the house. I was in college. I had dropped out of college. I wasn't doing really well. I was a former athlete, but I was just focusing on partying. Uh, yeah, rough times. I uh, wasn't making a lot of money. Philippe is a little, a lot younger than me. And he's just, um, just, uh, some t uh, I had to go through that to learn the hard way. But, uh, when it comes to being, uh, having the work ethic, I guess I've gotten that from my parents. My parents have always worked a lot. They came to the States in 78. There weren't that many Brazilians here. And I think I'm just grateful, uh, to have had the opportunity to be born in the States and, uh, and, to be working with such an amazing company like Vivint Solar is just you're always learning from different people, and uh, I think uh, I'm able to use all the aspects from uh, me growing up and the tradition of my parents being super focused on uh, being ethical and uh, working and actually making your money super important, and that's something that I've been able to apply that uh, at Vivint Solar with such an amazing culture. And uh, I think that's something that I can uh, basically say that I'm thankful for. But uh, it's just all about applying things that I've learned uh, throughout the years and just working hard and doing everything to the best of my ability. Never uh, have anything, pardon my French. But uh, yeah, just I think my parents all together, that's uh, the people that I have to thank the most for. Brenna, what were you doing at Fidelity? You, you, you mentioned that you were in the, the financial world working over there. What, what was your role there? What was your, or what was your path? What did you see there? Um, didn't really see myself progressing. I was there for six months. It was very tedious, uh, repetitive, the, the same thing. 
cold calling, meeting up with mm. customers, selling life insurance, annuities, uh, looking at financial packages. Wasn't really something that I saw myself uh, developing into a, a higher position. I felt stagnant. I was there for six months and it was extremely boring. I, I wanted to do something else in my life and then the opportunity came about when uh, Tiago uh, sent me that that text message back in uh, August 2018 and he changed my life. That's what I was going to ask you is what was said. Like how did, uh, how did, how did he recruit you or what, what's the thing that got your wheels turning? Cause it is a pretty different industry. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people that listen to this are leaders or people like yourself that are just starting to lead other people. And sometimes, you know, I, I think everybody knows someone like you, but maybe haven't reached out yet. So what, what, what was the message and what got your wheels turning to, to come take a chance on this? I think the message was, I don't know what you're doing right now, bro, but uh, I'm doing really well and I want to be able to share this opportunity with you. Uh, why don't you come by to one of our recruiting events? And if you like it, why don't you give it a try? Because I'm really happy and I think you do extremely well. And I'm very grateful uh, for that text method to this day. And you guys knew each other before, is that what you said? I've known Tiago for 12 years. I've known Tiago and Felipe for 12 years. They actually met me at okay. a party that I was, uh, I was throwing a party and they saw me just chugging a bottle of tequila. That's how we met. <coughs> I was like 18. He's <laughs> <laughs> like that guy. That guy's going to sell a lot. Yeah. I, like I, I don't have the salaries to chug a bottle anymore. Yeah, but I, I used to chug I a like lot the, of tequila you said fine, back when I was in college. Earlier you said you were focusing on partying. I guess sounds like focusing some real focus. Was very, I was really, was I had some real focused. party goals. <laughs> I had like a like a progression of party plan mapped out. Big time. Uh, yeah, Felipe. He, well, yeah, and I was going to say, he's probably not kidding. Like, I actually am interested to hear how focused you were, Breno. <laughs> what do you mean? On what? How focused that you said you big, you're big time partying. Like what, what exactly does that mean that you were focused on partying? Oh, I was just, uh, living life. I mean, it's a, uh, every night, like every night, just, every night, living the life to the fullest, blowing all my money away and just living one day at a time. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a little crazy. I'm not going to lie to you. That's why I got kicked out of the house. <laughs> what, uh, so did Tiago give you well? any particular? Sorry, I was going to ask if he gave you any particular advice getting started. Was there anything? Because it sounds um, like once you actually got started, you really hit it. So what, what, what was in your head? Like, what was your thought process? It seems like once you committed, you, you did it really seriously. I remember listening to Jordan LaPlace when I got recruited. And he, he was very serious about taking the job for what it was and um, not about playing around. So as soon as I took the opportunity... Um, to uh, embark in this uh, in this job in this journey, I took it extremely serious. I stopped drinking as much as I sh used to. I wasn't going out as much. I was extremely disciplined towards doing extremely well, and I was focused on making sure that I was going to be the best at everything I did at Vivian Solar. I remember uh, the exact words by uh, Jordan Laplace: uh, "Take this job for what it is. Take this job very serious. This is an amazing opportunity." Uh, and, uh, ever since day one, um, I was focused on being extremely disciplined and producing for, uh, for my office. So I guess I would say that I've, I haven't done enough, but I think I've proven myself to a lot of people, to myself, to a lot of people that doubted me, to my parents. 
and I'm just going to keep working hard. <laughs> Brenna, when you first started, your your cancellation rate or your attrition rate was pretty high. I mean, you were selling a ton of volume. You were selling a lot of ACs. You even get a lot of welcome calls, but not a lot were translating to install. And it seemed, um, you know, really early in Q2 of this year when your accounts started just flying in um, and actually getting across the finish line pretty regularly. So was what was the change that you made in your sales process uh, that really helped improve that cancellation rate from your point of sale to install? I feel like just spending more time understanding um, and learning a little bit about each customer and how they're able to uh, benefit from, uh, from solar. I was being a, I was able to sell the concept a little bit more. I was able to engage more of the customer, learn a little bit about them, uh, about them, and by being able to earn their trust, I was able to solidify those accounts a little bit more more towards the finish line. So when you were in a house, when you, when you say get to know more about the customer, what were you doing before? Like, were you know? Can you kind of articulate how you were selling when you first started versus how you sell now? I think I was all business. I wasn't uh, creating enough report with the customer. Now I'm all about earning their trust, uh, building report, and learning a, lot, a little bit about them, uh, making them laugh, engaging the customer enough, then selling. I want to learn what are they struggling with? What do they like to do? Uh, my uh, report building skills have... Uh, gone up quite a lot and i think that's what's uh it's, it has enabled me to uh, solidify those accounts to, uh, towards the finish line before i was all business here i'm here for this reason uh, now i'm all about uh let me learn a little bit about you what do you know about solar let's see if this makes any sense what what percentage of the conversation in a sale would you say is business versus the building report part of it i would have to say i think 40 uh, building report, 60 business, mm. more or less. It's really delicate. It's really delicate to find that spot. It's funny. Like, um, one of the things I've noticed with sales is especially if, if you're slumping, have you, have you, have you experienced a slump yet? Like where I know you started really hot when you committed, but have yes. you gone through a sales slump? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Lots of them. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> and there's going to be more, but the, uh, one of the things that I noticed <laughs> when, when you slump and listening that might be in one right now is they tend to drop the like rapport stuff and and just go business. They get a little harsher, they get more informative, and they almost start to think that hey, more information is going to convince you or you know is going to make you more likely to to join up. When instead, people people make decisions based on how they feel. You know what I mean? And it's exactly. It's, it, exactly. Yeah, like Tony Robbins talks about that, getting them into the state, into a buying state right? If you get people into a buying state, I always give two pieces of advice. Number one is simplify, right? And then number two is think back to a time when you were doing really well. What, how are you talking then? And it's funny when I think back to those times when sales are just rolling, a lot of times it's not a lot of information, but it's more conversation and more pointing out other people like them that have done it. Your, your information is very minimal, but your conversation is, is very high. It's cool that you're able to, uh, to articulate that. Maybe tell us about one of those sales slumps. You said you've been through a bunch of them. Um, you know, I, I find that that happens with new reps. A lot of times they start and they are super simple just because you don't know that much. And then you start to learn more and slump. So maybe tell us about a uh, slump that you got into and how you pulled yourself out of it. 
I feel like when you, just exactly like you said it, when you stop applying, uh, building report, earning their trust and learning how the customer is all about, that's when you lose the sale. When you go straight into business, I'm very aggressive when it comes to selling. Yes. Especially when I'm uh, transitioning towards the house. I want to get inside the house. I get a lot of ACs. But uh, at the end of the day, when you stop applying uh, those skills, that's when you stop uh, making sales and, uh, and you're not going to be able to uh, convert those into uh, installs. And that's, and that's how we get paid. You know, At the end of the day, those ACs aren't going to get you paid. So I feel like whenever I've encountered those slumps, uh, I just look back and I'm like, yes, I didn't apply learning about the customer earning their trust. Okay, they liked me for a little bit, but they don't trust me well enough to do business with me. Mm. Do you have Does a time when you sit and like, yeah, do you like have a time where you sit and reflect on it? Do you do it after the door or is it something subconscious? Because I find that with, with, with a lot of reps, they have a hard time objectively looking at a situation and saying, you know what, I probably didn't apply it in that moment. Do you, do you do like a review or the next morning or something? Sometimes he clicks right away. Then I'm like, oh, I've lost it already. There's, they oh, won't really? lie. They're going to ask me for a business card. They're going to give yeah. me that excuse. That, oh, just get back to me next week. And that's when you've lost the sale. All of you guys know they're not going to call you back. If they don't do business right away, it's because they don't trust you well enough or they don't trust you and they're not going to do business with you. They might even do business with a different company because uh, they feel like you've given them misleading information or they don't know you well enough or you just went straight into business. You didn't really get to know them. It's all about being careful and uh, taking care of customers. They want to be taken care of. They want to be given that, that food into their mouth. If you simplify it, you make it simple for them to buy it. If you make it complex, and they don't want, if you give them too much information, they have to think about it and they're going to get back to you in like, I don't know, maybe a year after they've shopped around a thousand times. And we don't want that. We don't want, we want them to make a decision eventually within a week or so, you know, especially right now during the bigs, you don't want them to take a long time to make a decision because we need to convert those AC into welcome calls. So it's all about being urgent, uh, giving them a sense of urgency but get to know them better. Take care of them. Understand what they're about, what their concerns are. Then transition into the sale. You know, get them to uh, follow your lead. But make it super simple. That way, it's easier for them to uh, get into that that buying mentality. Brennan, what's the average time that you're in a house on a fresh door knock AC? Fresh door knock AC. I would have to say about forty five minutes. I try to be super solid, okay. but I. As I'm leaving the house, I'm telling them, I don't know if you qualify. I do a lot of takeaways. I mean, I have their name on my list. We're getting to know each other. Everything is great, but I don't know if this is going to happen. So I'm not, I'm being aggressive to get inside the house to get to know them, but I'm not being aggressive to get the sale right away. Even my customers that get mm. a welcome call, they don't know that they're going to get installed up until the time that I send them a text message saying that the, those permits got approved. So they have no idea. It's actually a pleasant surprise when they find out. So they're super excited. By that you mean by that you mean you're taking it away from them all the way throughout the oh, process. I'm you're always saying, taking hey, it away. Next step next step is this fingers crossed, let's hope the city approves your permit. Fingers like crossed, let's like let's you post it. If you have any questions, if you hear anything from your neighbors or from anybody, call me right away. I'm your guy. I'm here for you. 
create that sense of uh, this is right. I think yeah, they're there for them. Yeah. Punctuality, credibility is everything. I try to be very punctual in my appointments and whatever I say, I back it up. So they know I'm a man of my word and that's why they trust me. And they give me a lot of referrals. But have you ever heard of the book called the speed of trust? I have not. <laughs> it's a, it's a to, uh, Stephen Covey, a um, book, but they, they basically say the way you gain trust with customers is competency and character. And that's how you get a customer to trust you quickly. So what I'm getting from hearing, you know, you speak about your experience on an AC is you're very competent with the way that you present our offer and present what we have going on, but you also build your own character through that building rapport and, you know, building on things you have in common with them and things like that. And then I actually think something that you maybe unconsciously are competent at, it's like you don't even think about it, but you're very competent with it, is that feel for how long you need to be in a home. And a lot of sales reps, they'll be in a house for an hour and a half on an AC or even two hours on an AC or 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And you're like, you can't be in there too short because it, it affects your character and competency, the trust with a customer if you're not in there very long. And then there's also diminishing returns if you're in there too long because they start feeling like you don't value their time, right? And you're just in the house forever taking advantage of them being kind or whatever. So it's really interesting to kind of hear that that's just something, is it something that you feel like you're just naturally good at? Or do you feel like that was a learned skill throughout your trial and error of sales? Honestly, I feel like it's second nature. I don't want to sound arrogant or anything, but I feel like I'm extremely confident in my ability to, uh, to be convincing, to be persuasive. To, to engage someone, to be able to relate back to them. I do this, you do that, or I like doing this. I make them laugh instantly. I feel like it's just something that I've, I've, I've been able to develop with this job and just learning from all, all the leadership and the culture that we have on just getting down to business, being disciplined about it. But when it comes to be engaging and interacting with, the, with somebody else, I feel like it's just something that I've always had. But with this job, I was able to develop and just uh, get it to a higher level. What's your talk to what's us your about schedule? your work? I'm sorry. That's what Do I was going to ask the same question. Same on the question. Same I was going to say, what's your work coasts? schedule look like? My <laughs> schedule is uh, two to eight, Monday through Saturday. I'm at the door two at eight? two. Two to eight, Monday through Saturday. Yes, that, that's my schedule. Even on Saturdays, I know it's right eight. there. I don't, I don't knock at 10 a.m. on Saturdays. Most people ask me, two to eight, even on Saturdays. I like That's to sleep in a little bit on Saturdays. Saturdays. <laughs> I don't know. I like to sleep in a little bit on Saturday, even though I, I haven't been going out on Fridays. because uh, But I want to stay fresh. But I, I still convert on Saturdays, even though I don't start knocking until two. You know? You've got, you've got this... Um I'm trying to pin it. It's, it's it's like the perfect like Boston and Portuguese accent. I don't hear those often together. It's a little bit of everything because I speak Mandarin too. Everything. I live in Shanghai and I speak a little bit of Italian and, uh, and Spanish. So it's a little bit of everything. So it's what? multiple uh, accents going in, you know? Plus you call it Shanghai. How many languages? Shanghai. 
I speak right now five. I'm trying to learn French. But when it comes to Mandarin, whenever, because I actually have multiple customers that I haven't spoken English with them, even though they answer yes, the, you know, and all. But uh, I have a lot of customers that I communicate with them in their native language, Mandarin or or Spanish or a little bit of it. Yeah, I have some Italian customers. They don't speak a lot of English. So it's, it's it opens a lot of uh, doors being able to speak multiple languages, you know. It, so I how have, is that? I have, how, uh, how have you learned languages? Why, why were you living in Shanghai? Never called it that I before. Took, How'd it sound? I took I took <laughs> Mandarin in high school and I ended up taking Mandarin again in college. And I had the opportunity to work for IBM in Shanghai back when I was twenty for my co op wow. internship at Northeastern. Yeah, so it's it's How been quite a journey. Uh six months and yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it was an experience. I wouldn't say I would go back to China, but it was quite an experience being there in Shanghai. It's a different culture for sure. Is that what the <laughs> That's is that what the locals call it, Shanghai? Uh, Shanghai, yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, okay, so that's that's Mandarin, and then you said you speak Spanish and Italian as well. Is that what you said? Yeah, Italian, English, obviously, and in uh, Portuguese. That's my native language. That's the language that I speak at the house. So how have you learned all these other languages? Um, I guess just communicating with people and just sponging and just having the aptitude, I guess, for learning multiple languages. But is it something you really like want. conscious <laughs> that goals to do or what? Like, is it something you yeah. worked at because you want to be a linguist and learn more languages or what? I used to, I used to read the thesaurus in a dictionary growing up. So I don't know. I've always had the aptitude for, I don't know, learning uh, new words new languages. It's always something that I've been very uh, interested about. So it's one of those things. So you, you just picked up a few of them. How old are you? I'm uh, 30. 30. Getting a little old. A lot of gray hair. <laughs> you got to pick up two more languages one before thing. you're 40. <laughs> I hope so. I'm, I'm looking into French and uh, maybe Arabic, but that's going to be quite a challenge. Maybe, I don't know, maybe so, Arabic. <laughs> Breno, so Breno, you work in Boston Central, and something that's always impressed me with that team is the team culture. Um, you guys have, and, and I don't know if you haven't actually worked on another team, so you don't really know the difference. But um, I don't. But something that uh, Ty, I always thinks really interesting and kind of funny is Breno's pretty intense like even on like the group chats like if somebody doesn't sell one during the week like he straight calls people out so i do uh, can you tell us a little bit and don't you have like a phrase for it don't you have like a uh like an analogy you you use like what do you say to the people on your team when they're when they get you know donuts on the week or, ba or bagels right uh yeah i send them a bagel emoji i'm like what are you doing with your life <laughs> Yeah, I, I tend uh, to be. Don't you, tell I tend them that, don't you tell them they're working at like you tell them what's it like working at Dunkin' Donuts? Like you talk all kinds of like trash. To people. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, are you gonna open your own Dunkin' Donuts franchise? Because you have a ton of bagels by now. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with this job? You might as well work at Dunkin' Donuts. I'm all oh, about that, I'm all dude. about cracking jokes. But it's supposed to be constructive criticism to help them actually see the opportunity for what it is and wake up because time is money, you know. And uh, when it comes to this culture, 
I feel like the office is like a brotherhood and like a like a big family. And we're all about taking care of each other. I want my brothers and my sisters to grow. I want them to do extremely well. There's no ego. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I actually want them to do as well as I'm doing, you know? So I'm always like motivating all my guys, sending them multiple messages. I'm like, what are you doing with your life? Are you actually working? And they're like, you have great numbers. I'm like, you can do those numbers too. I'm not special. I'm just working the hours, you know? And I'm trying to help those guys understand that, but it's, it's difficult. You know, discipline is one of those things that uh, some people don't have. So it's sometimes it's strange to me and it's, it's fr frustrating to learn that, uh, I have too much of it and I take my job really seriously. How, how many, how many recruits do you have? Uh, <laughs> I have two. So I've actually tried to recruit mm -hmm. a guy that I grew up with. He actually went to Northeast and he's really smart, but he doesn't What's have his name. Discipline. Let's call him out. What are you doing with your life, bro? Who is it? His name is Leo and is unemployed. Leo, get with the program, man. You got your guy out here. Yeah, he's he's super smart. Um, I mean, I went to Northeastern. He's a great kid, but he doesn't have the work ethic. And he's always telling me, you're the best. I'm like, bro, uh, you could be doing the same thing as me, but uh, uh how can you be that lazy? And I tell him for what it is, because he's a buddy of mine, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> I tell him, you're extremely nice lazy. What are you doing out to how can you be that lazy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breno needs to be like our, you know how there's like the, you know how like the, there's the office linebacker that, uh, you know, just goes around the office and tackles people. We just need Breno to be our <laughs> office linebacker. Like we'll just have him. I'm just going to send him a list of names. Breno, you call him out every Saturday. I'm all about that. I have a very aggressive personality, not just with customers. I'm very aggressive. It's just I'm very passionate for everything I do. And uh, especially right now during the competition, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that we win. So I'm, I'm going to work extra hard. For even the people that don't want to work, I'm going to make sure that I put extra hours to make sure that we win this thing. I know it's going to be extremely hard because he has to... It's going to take a collective effort, but I'm going to do everything I can to make sure they were up there. That's awesome, man. Um, gosh, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to ask him, Ty? Um, what, Ted? Shoot. You guys work closer together, and I don't, I don't know you that well. What, what drives you, man? Where do you get – you keep saying, you know, I'm aggressive, I'm passionate. What, what did you see in this job? What's, what's, your, what's the thing that drives you? Um, helping people and creating relationships. I'm very appreciative of the ops, the leadership, the install crew, every single person that I inter interact with, I'm appreciative of everything they do because we need them. It's all about having a collective effort towards getting the job done. What I do is just a little piece of the puzzle and we need to work together towards getting to, towards the finish line. And the finish line is to help people and to change the world uh, we all need to help each other out. So I'm, I've always been very appreciative of every single person that works towards uh, getting to that goal. I like that. Yeah. he. It's, it's having someone, it's interesting because if you're listening and you're on a team and you don't feel like your team has a Breno on it, you know, and there has to, there always has to be unofficial leaders in every single office. That's really who controls the culture of a team. It's not even so much as it's the, the DMs as it is the unofficial leaders on the team. Because 
the, the, the reps are used to having a DM call them out or have a DM like shoot them a text. Like, Hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? But it's, it's every team needs unofficial leadership that you're kind of like almost like the team captains. You know what I mean? Like you've got your coaches on a team, but then every team needs its team captains. And so if you're on a team right now and you don't have a team captain on your team, like think if that could be you, you know, and, and start developing and working into that role. But as you kind of started seeing yourself in that role or, or is it something that you like made a conscious effort, like I'm going to start being a team captain here and start being an unofficial leader. Like, is that something that you kind of made a conscious effort to become on the team? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my, I always strive to, uh, to lead from the front, to, to throw down, to be motivating, and to inspire people to work harder. Uh, my emoji uh, has always been the rooster, so I embody the symbol of the rooster to wake people up, to, uh, to create this energy of, uh, you know, um, creating relationships, you know? My job is to be out there to represent Boston Central to the best of my ability, and if I have to, like, not sleep to make this happen, and if I have to knock with every single person, uh, to make sure they see the job for what it is, I'm more than happy to do that. It's all about sacrifice, and not not I'm not strange to it, and I'm not afraid of uh, working the extra mile to get this this job done. Unless it's Saturday What's morning next for you, which case you sleep. Unless it's Saturday morning. What's next? Sure. Um, get to. Uh, right, do you have any big trips planned? Like, what do you like? I know you. I know you're. Um, by the way, I was going to say the friend you're trying to recruit, I just ran the report for the year-to-date income in uh, on the East Coast, and uh, you should just screenshot that and send it to your buddy and just say, bro, like, <laughs> you're unemployed. Like, what, what, are you, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> I like that line. Uh, but yeah, like, what are you saving all your money for? Like, what are you, what are you doing outside of work? That's kind of your big why? Like, do you, are you trying to buy investment properties? Are you, what are you doing with the money that you're accumulating right now? Honestly, right now is just sitting there. It's sad, but it's just sitting there and I'm going to start investing soon. I think real estate is my goal and uh, definitely financial freedom, the ability to, uh, to support my family and just, uh, having the comfort um, to just enjoy what I've worked for. I think that's something that I strive for every single day. Just taking care of my family. That's the most important. Well, how, how do you, cause a lot of guys, when they see a, a massive number in their bank account, um, it almost demotivates cause they're like, oh, I got my bills. I can pay for everything. Like, you know, it's like the concept of a, an athlete in a pro sports team gets his big contract and the following year is not even close to what he was during his pre-contract year. You know what I mean? So how do you avoid the complacency knowing that you've got, I mean, you have enough money in your bank account. Um, I feel like I have a, a rough idea of what you got in your bank account, but uh, you have enough to live for probably the way you live, probably a couple of years without working. So like, how do you avoid complacency when you know you have enough money to pay all the bills for a while? I don't know. It's probably a lot more than you think, though. But I don't. I don't spend a lot of my money. I'm super <laughs> responsible. <laughs> I'm super responsible uh, when it comes to managing my finances, and uh, I don't let the emotions or um, or I don't know, or maybe uh, 
if I see a nice car, maybe I should buy it. But uh, I don't. I don't let that get to me. I'm super, um, super transparent, super relaxed when it comes to like taking my time and um, and not going crazy and blowing my money away like a lot of these guys out there do. So, and I'm not a kid anymore. What do you drive? What am I? I'm in a car right now. It's a 2012 Honda Accord. I bought it for seven thousand dollars. <laughs> Used car. <laughs> I had so, an Infinity, but I, I sold it. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm, so I'm super chill and very got, humble when he comes. Yeah, he's got enough money; he can for sure get finance to go buy whatever car he wants. Single, uh, living on his own, and he's driving a 2012 Honda Accord that he paid cash. I'm assuming for seven grand, and. Uh, man, like I just love that mentality. And the other thing too, like Ty, we give Breno a hard time, to, hard time sometimes because, like, he's taking pictures and like showing up to meetings before, like literally looking like a homeless person. And we're like, <laughs> Breno, like, what is this? Like, what is this look? Like, you're doesn't look like you've shaved your beard in six months. You're, you know, home looking like a homeless person, but then he'll be wearing like five hundred dollar pair of designer shoes or something. <laughs> or like jeans, but it's like, you're just like, what is this look he's got going on? Like, how does anyone even let you in their house looking like that with that facial hair, Breno? Honestly, I do not know, Adam. I just, um, I'm very authoritative <laughs> uh, when it comes to like um, engaging, you know? I take control of the conversation and I feel like uh, it's like instant uh, how I'm able to relate back to a customer. It's all about smiling and creating a sense of comfort and that's how the customers trust you. And I feel like that's something that I've always had. And when it comes to this job, it, it's all about uh, talking to enough people that you're going to get into enough doors uh, to, uh, to get sales. So it's all about being relentless. I'm very relentless and passionate about everything I do. What, uh, what specific things have you learned at Vivid Solar? It's a really different world. Like what, are there any like things that you've learned from specific leaders that you can pin back and say, you know what? from this person, I learned this or like aha moments that have hit you. I'm really interested in those. I would have to say leadership is great. I've learned that a lot from uh, the likes of Richard Howell, Troy Van Bell, uh, all my managers, um, uh, Don Gomez, structure, uh, team mentality is super uh, just having a friendly environment, thinking about others and not just about yourself. And just the culture of family, it's, it's something that I've always embodied. And, um, and every single day, I'm more than willing to learn a little thing. I'm never uh, uh, closed-minded towards not learning anything from anybody. I'm always willing to learn something from a customer, from a leader, from a coworker. And uh, this humbly mentality has helped me uh, grow into a better individual and a better uh, professional altogether. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. A lot of my, uh, a lot of my developmental stuff um, or things that I've learned has come from this job. You know, like, and, and it's funny that I always think this. It's funny that they don't have, like, you know, the, the books and stuff that we all read now or the content that we all take in now. You, you don't learn it. I, you know, me and most of my friends learn that here. And who'd have thought, right? Direct sales going out and doing that. But I always appreciate that. You got really good mentors, you know, to have, um, you know, Troy and Richard and, and, you know, you mentioned Don and Jordan LaPlace and all those guys out there. <clears throat> it's crazy that, you know, the opportunity of a leader is often, 
I mean, there's stuff that gets into your head from those guys that's going to influence your kids and their kids long-term. That's, that's really the, the long-term impact of a leader, you know? I think that's, I think that's really cool that you can run. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like when it comes to like we're job, having a moment, you just dropped your phone on the floor. All right, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of issues going on, and I've learned so much from the boss himself to Adam. Uh, just uh, just being able to uh, work with others and uh, and having the humility to uh, to know when to step back and to listen and to learn from people. Um, that's something that I've learned too. I think I've I've always been a little uh, I don't know crazy and uh, and not attentive enough to learn from others. And when it comes to this job, uh, I've been able to just step back. And be humble enough to learn, and that's that's something that I've I've been grateful for with the company, you know. And every single person that I've met and inter interacted with has impacted my life somehow. Brennan, before we wrap up, I want you to give three pieces of practical application advice for anyone starting with us. So, you know, we always say things like listen to your DMs, like whatever. But like I'm talking about three daily work habits that you would just say, if you do these three things and you don't ever negotiate with these three things, um, you're going to start having success. Obviously, you need to listen to your manager and all those things go without saying, go to the meetings, take notes, like all that stuff, be a sponge. But what three like physical, practical application things would you say a new rep starting with us? If you do these, you're going to see success. Um, get rid of your vices. Going out to drink or smoking or whatever things that you're constantly doing they're bad for your health i think that's major sleep well you know eat well um i think that's super important because you need your energy and uh if you're if you're tired you you pass that over to the customer and it's something that they uh they can tell right off the bat when you're uh, when you're not ready to work and preparation is super key and just be passionate about it, you know? Don't just half-ass it. Actually, work the hours, be out there. Um, try to get to know people, you know? Don't just go for the sale. Don't just try to get a number. Try to learn something from people. See what they're all about. Teach them something, you know? And even if they're uh, hard-headed towards it, be patient enough to step back and try to see what's uh, what you're actually doing wrong. Maybe uh, you're not able to, uh, whatever you're doing, maybe you're not, you're, you still have a lot to learn to be able to teach them something. So I feel like those three things are, are major. Just being able to listen and to learn and uh, to do your job to the best of the ability, sleep well, eat well, and preparation is key not only mentally, but physically. It, people, well, I think oftentimes, I know for me, and I think it's really common for, for everybody, it's difficult to understand that principle of sacrifice. And when you sacrifice things in your life, knowing that it's going to help you in other areas, like there's just this principle of balance in life, right? Where, you know, you give up your vices, you give up the partying, you gave up the staying out late on Friday nights because you know Saturdays are a huge day for you. You really value your sleep now because it is a means to an end. It's a means to more energy while you're out working. 
you eat well so that you have better fuel in your body while you're out working. It's like all those things that you've sacrificed have directly translated into your success. So um, it's, uh, it's difficult to kind of see that before you make the sacrifice. But in your case, um, now in hindsight, looking back, it's really obvious to see how those sacrifices have brought you a lot of blessings in your life, right? So uh, it's pretty cool to see, man. Because people see you doing well, but it, they don't know what you've sacrificed to get there. And uh, it takes a lot out of you to give up those vices, like uh, the drinking or the late hours. And it's just something that you have to take serious. And, and it has to make sense to you. Do you have the, the maturity uh, to actually learn and understand that uh, this opportunity is going to change your life? But you got to be able to see it on your own, you know? We're not babysitting cool. anybody. That's what I tell the guys too. <laughs> I'm super, I'm super trans, <laughs> I'm super straightforward. I don't, I don't filter anything. I'm like, we're not here babysitting anybody, you know? You're not kids, you're adults. This is an amazing opportunity, but we're not going to force you to work. Breno's doing uh, motivation and call outs for hire. Guys, if you're listening, you can text him, you can email him. He will, uh, he'll put you on his list. <laughs> he will call you out if you're not performing. So, that's right. Breno, you absolutely crushed it, man. And I think a lot of people that listen are going to really take a lot from just listening to your words of wisdom and your advice and, uh, really appreciative of the hard work that, you know, you've put into the company and specifically new England. Um, you're, you're every, Every region, every company needs someone who sets the bar and you have taken on that role along with a couple of our other guys in the region um, and you're setting a very high bar for people to, you know, try and achieve. So um, I know I can speak for Ty when I say how valuable that is to have uh, in a region or in an office. So you're making a huge impact on everyone around you and, uh, you know, as a result, making a huge impact on your own personal life. So it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Just to wrap it up, I'll, I'll have, uh, I'll let Ty finish. I'm sorry. Just to wrap it up, I've got to say that I'm extremely grateful for this opportunity. It was a pleasant surprise when I got the text message, I got invited to do the podcast. I think this is an amazing idea that you guys uh, came up with. And it's super cool that what you guys are doing. And um, I'm super happy to have gotten the invitation. And I've got to say that I'm going to keep striving to do a lot better, to be more consistent and to lead my office into greatness. Hashtag, it's only the beginning. That's awesome. Hey, man, newest newest franchise member at Vivint Solar. Uh, congrats on all your success. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Electric People. If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, check us out at viventsolar.com forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.